Welcome into Defeating the Curse, two-man show this Monday morning. Steve, say hello. Happy Monday, everyone. Great to be here. Yeah, well, the Nats just locked up the division. Yes, sir. Three called by Steve three three months ago, I think, on a, on a podcast. Three months ago. I said three months ago they'd win the division by twenty games. As it stands, they we're at nine. Twenty games. Uh, let, let's pay the bills here first. Uh, proud members of Heroes Media Group. We may have a call in um, in about five minutes here, so we'll keep you posted on that. A certain beat reporter slash MLB correspondent has been following us and may be dialing into the HMG hotline here. So I'll keep you posted, but we, we had to get on and record this. This has been, uh, it's long overdue. Uh, Steve's been, uh, he's been on my case. Hey, he's like, fire up the board. We need to talk about the Nats and what they're about to do. Well, they did it. They, they locked up the division, uh, fourth, on September 10th, fourth title in six years and the fastest to lock up a division in the majors in 15 years, if I'm not mistaken. By the way, I'm going to surprise you with a lot of uh, baseball knowledge that I actually attained from watching, not from reading other people's. Uh, there we go. Stuff. Don't let the don't let those twins hold you back, Joe. Oh, come on. Twins are easy. It's just it's the complaining of uh, other people that is not easy. But anyway, hey, let's not get hey, into we- it. At least we said that uh, this weekend we were going to come on and talk about a Washington team whooping up on a Philly team, and we're making true to that promise. Okay, I would have I would have liked the other way around, but that's okay. Well, yeah, I'm sure Philly uh, Philly Dan is uh, not happy, but I don't really care about him. This is a this is a big deal here, and you know the Nats have been so good for so long that I think this is something that unfortunately is going to be overlooked, especially because you know the Redskins played yesterday, they didn't have a very good showing, blah blah blah. But let's just let's just focus in on the Nats here. Um, I mean, this is this is somewhat historical. I mean, for the fastest to wrap up a division in 15 years, um, I think that has. Let's be fair. At the same time, the NL East is historically bad, and this was also something we touched on months ago. I mean, every team deals with with bumps and bruises, but the Mets are. I mean, this is this is like the end of days for that team uh, as far as the injuries go, and the Marlins looked like they were going to do something, and and then they didn't. So. Um, you know, I don't want to take credit away from the Nats because they've been playing just a plus ball all season. But the NL East is a complete joke. Well, well, uh, uh, Chelsea Jane actually pointed out something nice when when people respond to her on Twitter saying, "Oh, this is crap." You know, the division sucks. The Nats have a winning record against all of the other division leaders. They have a winning record against the entire NL West and NL Central. So a lot of that crappiness in the NL East and a lot of those records that you're seeing can be attributed to just how good the Nats are and how dominant they've been in those series. Now with that granted, that's the most I can ever defend the Phillies, Mets, uh, and yeah, I mean, so, 20 uh, games is absurd. It's, it's, it really is. I mean, look it at most at this point in the season, you know, a healthy lead is six games, seven games. Yeah. I mean the, the Dodgers uh, playing out of this world, we got to talk about the Dodgers uh, towards the end of this, but you know, they're, they're single digits right now. Well, yeah, we can talk about the Dodgers real quick. I mean, they've dropped 15 of 16 games. They're a disaster. They are, yeah, and, you know, I heard a I heard an interesting thought on this, that they are tanking on purpose. Now, I never believe that with professionals, that they, they go out there to lose. It just, I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. The professional pride doesn't allow me to, well, it's not my professional pride, but I don't think they have enough uh, or the lack of pride that they would go out there and just try to tank, but... Um, the theory was, yeah, they they everyone's trying to avoid the Diamondbacks, and and let's shift off the Nats here for just a second. I mean, this is something that the the Nationals are now have, having to think about. Would you rather home field, you know, advantage, but have to face the D backs, or you know, 
is home field not that big of a deal? It's, we're talking about one game potentially difference between playing in your in your stadium versus uh, you know in your ballpark versus somewhere else. And frankly, the Nats haven't always played well at home anyway in the postseason. No, I, I, I think I think the, uh, that's absurd that the Dodgers would take. Clayton Kershaw is throwing things as he's getting taken out of a game after three and two thirds, giving up four runs. Uh, that offense just cannot hit anything right now. Uh, you know, uh, Bellinger's gone cold. Corey Seager's not playing what he's, he's heard. He's, he's not playing the way he's uh, been playing early in the season. I mean, that team right now is in disarray. You Darvish was supposed to come in and really solidify that rotation after yeah, everyone uh, Kershaw was, went down. Everyone was terrified of that trade, you know, and that we were expecting another one or at least them reloading yet again and just hasn't pan out for them. No, that's a disaster, and we are right now four games behind the Dodgers for home field advantage throughout the NL uh, playoffs, and they're coming into town for a three-game series that now has become must-see TV. I was afraid that the Dodgers were going to be up 15 games on us, and we would have clinched, so there's really nothing to play for at that point. But right now, that's going to be – obviously, they got the Sunday night game on ESPN. I mean, get Scherzer, Kershaw. I don't know. What is ESPN? Sunday Night Baseball uh, next week is uh, Are Dodgers. Are you a subscriber now. to that channel, Joe? I I, I have my uh, <laughs> I have my liberal views. Okay, we got to get into politics. I here. know that is the sports network for liberals. But you're so in your mind, they have to go for this, right? They got to lock up first. It's yeah. within striking distance. Go get it. Oh yeah, and I deal think, with the ramifications later. Look, I think this team is different. I think they're 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 built differently. Uh, here we go. I, I do, and I think people that are a lot smarter than me, uh, nobody in this podcast, but people a lot smarter than me would say the same thing. This team is deep. This team is confident. This team is, I mean, depth in terms of, especially on offense, when a couple of guys go cold in the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. That's what we're seeing in these last couple of games. If it's not Daniel Murphy beating you, it's Ryan Zimmerman. If it's not Ryan Zimmerman, can we talk about Trey, Trey Turner? Oh, you you got a golf clap from me. Golf clap from me, dude. Look, you got a sense of this. Like, I'm getting hot and heavy for Trey Turner right now. He is the spark that makes this offense. Although he up. is playing very pedestrian by his own standards right now. He's 280, four steals in 12 games, I think. But uh, I mean, that's those are his numbers from you know. I feel like he, I feel like he does that in like three three games in the middle of the summer. Now, granted, he's missed some time, but. Honestly, if you if you were living under a rock and, and just tuned back in, it doesn't look like he's missed any time. I mean, he really stepped right back in and gave them exactly what they needed, which is a you know a boost, a bat boost. But on the bases, the guys he still he's, got it. He's, he still he's got incredible. It. He's the perfect leadoff guy. If you were constructing the perfect leadoff hitter, he's got power. He's got nine home runs uh, this season in very very limited time. He can he can really swing the bat. And then once he gets on the bases, like you said, I mean, he, he's terrifying to pitchers and his defense has been phenomenal this season, which was supposed to be a weakness for him. So like I'm saying, if it's not Turner, it's not worth, it's not Murphy. Uh, you got Mr. War himself. Okay. Wins above replacement for those uh, amateur baseball fans, Mr. War himself, Anthony Rendon, who really should be in the MVP uh, uh, conversation. This is just playing out of his mind. I mean, he's our sixth hitter. I mean, again, let's not. How, how many MVP to, candidates do you count on this team? No, just him, just him. I think Zimmerman's cooled off. Max has been in the conversation, but I don't think. Well, let's um, get, let's circle back to the pitchers in just a second here. But the, uh, I mean, I want to just injury update here. Have you heard anything about one Bryce Harper? 
Well, uh, you know, we had some hard-hitting reporting. They did a fan appreciation day on Saturday, and Bryce did a kids' press conference. I saw Chelsea Jane posted this on Twitter. Did a kids' press conference, and he was asked, will you be back for the playoffs? And he said, absolutely, yes. Uh, so I, I hear that he's throwing. Uh, he's, he's playing catch in the outfield. He has not started swinging, but um, he's going to be back for let's the playoffs. Say, let's say he's only that 50%, you know, come postseason. Do you play him? Fifty percent's a low number. I, I think seventy percent. If he's seventy-five percent, I think he uh, really affects the lineup and affects opposing pitchers. When you got to pitch around Bryce, when you're scared of pitching towards Bryce, he really protects the guys behind him in terms of Murphy and Zimmerman but and this, Rendon. But this team is deep. You know, or, or is it is it too big of a risk to put him on the roster and then play him? You know, is he is Bryce at seventy percent better than? X at 100%. I think the, the two things. I think Bryce at 75% is equivalent to Adam Lind, who would probably replace him, or Howie Kendrick. Um, but then the other thing is defensively, Bryce is, is incredible uh, in the outfield. I mean, he's got a cannon. He's got, uh, you know, he leads the team in assists. Uh, I mean, so uh, what you get on Bryce defensively and what you get in just intimidation and protection of players around him. Uh, pitchers will pitch to Adam Lynn. Pitchers are not afraid of Howie Ketcher. Pitchers will pitch around Bryce. Pitchers will put him on and, and have to pitch to Murphy and Zimmerman. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be ready. Uh, but it's not a life or death. That's the beauty of this season. It's not life or death. You can throw in a Howie Kendrick. You can throw in Adam Lynn. Uh, obviously, Brian Goodwin would have been a nice guy to throw in there as well, but he's uh, out for the playoffs. But, you know, look at last night. You had Victor Robles, our, our prized uh, you know, prospect, minor league prospect, getting his first hit. Who's supposed to be, you know, is going to be uh, the center fielder of the future, depending on what happens with Taylor and Eaton. Um, so, and this team is stacked. This is a different team. And right now the Cubs are hanging on by a thread in that NL Central. Milwaukee and St. Louis are both two games back, creeping up on them. The Dodgers are just a disaster. We have to be the front runners. And I'm just, I wish we could is speed up that clock to get to the playoffs. Okay. I don't want anything to happen in these next three, four weeks. Okay. I reserve the right to change my mind. If we go cold in these next three weeks. <laughs> well, what do you think is going to, so if you're, you're dusty and you're sitting there and you're looking at the teams that, you know, you're chasing the Dodgers, but there's, like you said, the cups, the brewers are out there. They're still battling it out as well. I mean, who do you want to see? It seems like universally, nobody wants to see the D backs. It seems like that's the team that everybody wants to avoid at all costs. Um, definitely the Dodgers. They, they've had the Dodgers number all season long. Um, but, you know, if you had to pick one, the, you know, between the, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, and the Brewers, who, who do you want to see in the postseason? Well, uh, season series-wise, obviously we haven't played the Do- – uh, we played the Dodgers one series. I think we, they took two out of three. But uh, we beat the Cubs, we beat the Brewers, and we beat the D-backs. So we've gotten uh, through those three teams – just from a sheer experience perspective, you don't want to play the Cubs, okay? They have firepower unlike any other team in the National League, right? When you get Rizzo and Chris Bryant and Contreras and all these guys starting to hit, you get Jake. You got to face Jared Arrieta two, three times in a, in a five-game series. You don't want to do that, okay? So you don't want to face the Cubs. Uh, the D-backs right now, uh, I mean, the Diamondbacks are, are just – playing phenomenal ball. So you don't want to play the hottest team in the league, of course. So to me, you hope that the Brewers uh, catch the Cubs. 
Of course, the other team that's in the Central that you don't want to play just for sheer historical perspective is the St. Louis Cardinals because somehow there is something magical with that St. Louis arch uh, when they show up here in D.C. Oh, anyway, crazy, anyway, crazy stuff happens. You can't yeah. bet against them. You can't it's, bet against it's, them. Yeah, it's the Lakers when it, once they get into the playoffs. It's, uh, you know, what NFL team does that in the playoffs? I guess the Packers, Seahawks. Actually, the Giants. Uh, you don't want to yeah, see the Giants. Exactly. Giants. You don't want to see them. They exactly. get hot at the right time and they coast. No matter what that 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 regular season looks like, yeah. this is just one of those teams when they get into the playoffs. But I mean, you wanted to go back to the pitching because I, I, I want to touch on the pitching. Yeah. Nobody right now wants to face this rotation. This rotation, I said in the in the beginning, of the second half of the season, if Tanner Rourke steps up and can really give this team a lift uh, in the second half and really pitch the way he's he's been pitching in previous seasons. This is a scary, scary roster and, and pitching rotation. You legitimately have two, maybe three Cy Young candidates in a, a, a five-man pitching rotation. So, I mean, look at the way it's set up in a five-game series. You have Scherzer, Strasburg, Gonzalez. Who, who Tell me who can match up with those three. Then you could pitch Tanner in game four or you could pitch uh, Scherzer on short rest. And then go Strasburg in game five. I mean, you're talking about Strasburg right now, 34 innings straight without giving up a run. How does I somebody do to, that? I don't know, but they need to take his body and put it in bubble wrap and, and put him in a chamber and just yeah. protect him they may so have, he doesn't get hurt. They may have brought him back too early, which is so ironic to say. I mean, he is 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 pitching so well right now that I'm – I don't want to talk about it. We, I don't want to jinx this. Okay, this, this <laughs> The curse is real, right? <laughs> I mean, he's pitching great. Max had a rough outing, actually, against the Phillies. His last outing gave up three runs in the first and then uh, you know, went and got through the, the rest without giving up any runs, pitched seven innings. But uh, Max is Max. He's awesome. Gio is just – he's been incredible. I mean, Gio has been the, the MVP of that pitching rotation because he's been the most consistent guy. When Max went down, when Strasburg went down, you could always count on that fifth day Geo giving you seven solid innings of, of, of pitching. So uh, this pitching rotation is the difference. And they're the ones, and of course the bullpen, we can't even, you know, can't forget about the bullpen right now with the uh, the, the legal firm of Kinsler, Matson, and, and Duke <laughs> right now just doing their thing, just locking up, uh, uh, you know, the end of games, seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. So if it was me, my, my prayer to the God of Dusty Baker right now is that, I don't want to see Strasburg. I want to see him pitch. You know, today's September 11th. There's three weeks left in the season. I want to see him pitch two to three more times, and that's it. I want to see him pitch once every six days. I want to just get him six innings, maybe 90 pitches per start, and just keep him fresh and focused on the playoffs. Same thing with Scherzer. I want to see him another three, maybe four times, uh, maybe get his Cy Young numbers up to keep him in the mix for that Cy Young award. And I want to see Edwin Jackson pitching a lot. Of, I, and the, the dilemma is going to be if they're close to the Dodgers, do you sit some of these guys? Do you rest some of these guys when you do have a chance? I think uh, they should. I mean, personally, I think they should. It's not, it's not as if playing games in, in October and November or in October, September, October, at Nats Park has greatly favored our team. It just it hasn't worked out that way. I mean, we've been soundly beat in our ballpark in, in several of the past postseasons, just by teams that were maybe they weren't better, but they just play better on the road. 
and and maybe some of this is the DC curse, or maybe just me being a little bit overly superstitious. Home home field just doesn't doesn't strike me as something you have to have. Am I? Am I? Well, what, what do you think? I'm with you, and I think there's something to be said for that. And I've been in Nats Park for those playoff games when that uneasy feeling gets into that stadium and they get down a run early or, I mean, you feel the tension and the nerves, which of course does not help the team in any way. So maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, a game seven, a game five on the road will release some of those nerves. Um, But I think we're in the best situation right now. We want to have that first NLDS at home. Uh, You want that fifth game at home. It's a short series. You want to be able to kind of get off. Maybe they're playing so well, there won't be a game five. I mean, I know that that's that's the real homer in me talking now, but this team is playing really, really well. And if if you don't need five games or seven games to to take out your opponent, then then it really doesn't matter whether you're playing on the road or not, or who's got home field or not. It doesn't matter because, like you said, this. I mean, there's no pitcher in this in this rotation right now that is um, not playing like a plus ball. There just isn't. And the depth we've we've talked about this at nauseum. The depth of this team is the strong. It's the it's the best in the majors. So, you know, we don't want to see any more injuries. We want to see Bryce get back. But Dusty's mm-hmm. got his work cut out for him. I think over the next couple of weeks, figuring out what his rotation is actually going to look yes. like, who's going to bat where, and you know, this is now all attention on the postseason. Um, you know, I would like to see them catch the Dodgers as well. I think they'll have their best opportunity to do it will be next week when they're in town anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't feel like it's something that they, they have to push hard to get because, like you said, I mean, I, you know, there isn't necessarily a team out there that, that's super terrifying. I think the D-backs are probably the best of the bunch. Um, but again, whoever whoever the opponent is, they're getting the Nats at the top of their game. And that can't be, that can't be anything but uh, discouraging for any team that has to face, to face us right now. Yes, and, and next week's series, by the way, I'm with you on the idea of catching Dodgers is not the most imminently important thing in the world, but next week's series is the most crucially important thing in the world because it's a statement series. You're bringing the Dodgers into town, and they are on the verge of collapse. I mean, they're on the verge of disaster right now. There's there's kind of chaos in, in uh, the dugout, and, and, and uh, you know, there's, there's people talking uh, about chaos in, in the locker room and, and things like that, so... You do not want to give them life. You do not want to give them any hope and any way of getting out. So you have really got to, uh, you know, step on on the neck here of, of that team and at least take two out of three from them when they come into town. I mean, the worst case scenario is that they come and they find their groove against the Nats and then just roll that into the playoffs. So that's why next week is so eminently important. And from their and- perspective, you know, that's exactly what they're looking at. They're looking at the schedule, you know, the same way we are. And they're saying, you know, it's been a rough haul here for the last, you know, five, six weeks now for them. We, we need to get right against the Nats. You know, they're, they're turning their attention towards the postseason as well. Um, you know, and I'm sure for them, if they come in and they take two of three, they're going to feel real good about themselves and say, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay. Like, that, that's why you play the games, and it ultimately doesn't matter. We'll see you in the postseason, and then the Nats have to deal with the, psych, the psychological impact of exactly we let a team that's lost 15 of 16 come in and take two of three. And, yes. And, you know, and, and then we'll, uh, you know, at that point, the D.C. Curse is trying to give everyone a high five because, yes. yeah, it's alive and well. So um, Hey, I, I, I've seen it. That's where you brought up the Giants. I've seen that in football. I think the Giants uh, – we're reeling. I think it was it was the 07 or 11 Super Bowl. I can't remember which one, but they were reeling, right? They had a bad regular season. They yeah. kind of stumbled into the playoffs. I think against us, 
is where they got their groove and then rolled that into the playoffs and stopped the Patriots. So that's a very Redskins thing. Anybody who's trying to get off uh, the curse and, and get off of a slump, show up to FedEx Field. <laughs> yeah, go put go put more money in dance uh, dance pockets. Uh, <laughs> well, so I mean, what what else is there left to say really about this team at this point, Steve? I mean, there's you know they're 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 not even streaking; they're just crushing everybody and everything right now. They look great. They've locked up the NL East. They, we don't call them pennant victories or wins or championships or whatever anymore, right? No, they used to call it the pennant before there was a wild card. It's kind of an antiquated uh, term. Now it's just division winners. All of the hats and, and memorabilia they were passing out uh, said division winners. But actually, on that note, can I just give a shout-out to the whole Nationals franchise because uh, they're such a better franchise than the team in Ashburn. Uh, after the game last night, so the, the Nats won 3-2 against the Marlins. Their magic number was down to one, uh, sorry, against the Phillies, and they were uh, the magic number down to one. The Marlins were still playing the Braves. That game actually went into extra innings, and what they did is they allowed all the fans to stay at the stadium and watch the game on the big screen. They let all the fans come down to the lower level and watch the game. It was a great celebratory atmosphere. The players were watching it in the locker room, and then when the Nats clinched the division because the Braves walked off the Marlins, all of the Nats players came out. They were passing out T-shirts, high-fiving. They were on the field. They were jumping and, 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 and interacting with fans. It was such a great atmosphere. I mean, where else could you have that? I mean, could you imagine sitting at FedEx Field? No, you already <laughs> lost me. You already lost me. I, I will not so, go. I will not it's go. It's just a, another reason why this franchise is just an A-plus franchise in every way. And, uh, and the irony, actually, now that bringing up the Redskins and Nats, is – Yesterday, both teams played uh, teams from Philly, and next week, both teams played teams from L.A., right? With uh, the Skins will be in L.A. against the Rams, and uh, the Dodgers will be here. So uh, I'm assuming a similar outcome. <laughs> well, if we traveled better, you know, it's funny you say that. So I don't know how much college football you watch, but the Georgia Bulldogs were at Notre Dame on Saturday night. I heard they turned it the, into a Yeah, they, they, which is unbelievable. I've been, I've been to Notre Dame football games. That does not happen, especially from a Southern team. Uh, but I figure, you know, maybe maybe Hurricane Irma, you know, mm-hmm. you know, encouraged them all to get on the road. But anyway, uh, that Notre Dame game was overrun by Georgia fans. And yesterday, Soldier Field was overrun by Falcons fans. So I don't know if schedule makers are looking at this and saying, hey, maybe people will travel better. You know, like Georgia Bulldog fans obviously stayed. I, I can't imagine there's that many Falcons fans anywhere. I mean, it's the South, so it's it's college football or bust. But it's uh, it's interesting you say that because I've noticed that trend as well. Um, you know, Skins fans, we don't we don't travel that well. We don't stay home that well either. We're literally the worst home field advantage in all of professional sports. Not even close. That's interesting. Maybe let's uh, let's throw that one to uh, LP and FPC. Let, let them uh, comment on that one. I, I don't want to get involved in whose whose fans are worse than our own, but uh, you know, for today anyway. You know, yesterday we were down on the skins, and I'm sure we will be later in this week as well. But for right now, the Nats. You know, the golf clap from me, golf clap from Stevie. I mean, this mm-hmm. this team is yes, this team is is incredible to watch. And for all those that haven't been following. Well, it's mid-September. Now it's time to pay attention, and yeah. you know, let, let's go get it. I mean, this is this is an incredible opportunity for a team, um, you know, to really go out there and put their mark. They're already beloved in this city, but this is an opportunity to bring home a championship mm-hmm. to DC. And you know, I I hate talking up this DC curse thing, but um, this seems like we're 
we're really locked in here. This is our best opportunity to defeat it unless something horrendously awful knock on wood goes uh you know happens but right now you know they're the best team in the majors and i'm looking forward to seeing what dusty does here over the next like week week and a half to get them ready to go for the postseason and you know let's go get it i mean that's uh, i've never been one to be excited about baseball i'm pretty excited steve hey i mean the bandwagon is fired up and and uh it's ready to roll so uh let's get busting loose here as, as the song says right <laughs> For Stevie, my name is Joe. Thanks for listening. This has been Defeating the Curse, proud member of Heroes Media Group, broadcasting on Patriots Day. Never forget, Mm -hmm. uh, for all of us here in D.C., thoughts and prayers out to all the families that were affected back on 9-11. Thank you so much for listening. We're back later this week with a a preview show for uh, Redskins at Rams and uh, lots more Nat stuff to follow as well. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We are out.